listeners and viewers to another week of Education, the Teachers Talking Terror podcast, where Mike and Courtney are back to talk about another horror film that Courtney has not seen. And that's okay, <laughs> because you actually asked for this one. That last week, you yes. were like, hey, let's watch some Stephen King. And uh, and as we kind of discussed at the end of last week's episode, there's a lot of Stephen King uh, to go through. So we started uh, kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, we started hot and heavy with Carrie, and you've got a Shining in there, and you've got a Christine, and... Uh, and then he hits his stride kind of the mid eighties with, you know, children of the corn. And, uh, we pick him up in 89 with, uh, this week's focus, which is pet cemetery. One of my favorite Stephen King movies. Um, I do, I do like this movie. So a little spoiler alert. It's going to get a pretty solid grade from me. <laughs> um, what did you think? It is not what I thought. It, I really liked it. Um, Gage is the cutest child ever. Mm, oh my gosh. <laughs> before before he goes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know why I thought this was like about evil pets. Oh no, no. That's fair though. I mean, <laughs> really, you know, cuz the box, you know, a lot of the box or a lot of the art for the movie has uh yeah. has church in it, uh their cat. Um and it is pet cemetery and you kind of get a vibe that yeah. it's a bringing things back from the dead kind of movie. Oh no, there's there's like one <laughs> evil pet and it's not even the pet's mm -hmm. fault really. Yeah, like I I just was not like I'm thinking church is going to go evil or something. No. Nope. No, he, <laughs> not at all. Actually, that book was Cujo, which was another movie that we skipped over, you know, where the evil pet was uh was was it Cujo. But this one is uh not. This one is um like voluntary zombification in a way yeah in a way uh we got the creed family uh lewis rachel ellie and gage uh and their cat winston churchill because what's what's more obnoxious than giving your cat a full-length <laughs> name but at least he has a nickname um they are moving they're moving from chicago out to maine which if you've read much stephen king which i know you haven't because you're not a reader uh and if you've seen much stephen king which you haven't because we just got started here uh, Stephen King is from Maine. He lives okay. in Maine and sets an extremely large amount of his novels in Maine. Bangor, Maine being a big one. Uh, Ludlow, Maine shows up a few times. And so what's really cool about it is there are some times in the Stephen King like literary universe where um, because so much takes place in Maine you get little snippets of previous books showing up in, in later books. Um, you'll have a character in one story referencing um, referencing the plot, as of, as of course, like it was real, like it actually happened, mm -hmm. uh, of another town in Maine, which is kind of cool because everything is kind of right there in the same state. So kind of the history of, you know, of what happens in Stephen King's Maine kind of surfaces throughout a lot of his novelizations, which is really cool. Uh, but this one doesn't have any of that. This one is just straight up uh, the the creeds. Uh, Lewis is a um, he accepts a, a job as a doctor at the University of Maine. So they're moving to Maine um, from Chicago, and they <laughs> they choose to uh, to move to what could possibly be the worst place home in the yeah. entire state of Maine. Um, yeah, they're like, hey, I I found a first of all. Um, I'm assuming you and Casey have a very clearly communicated relationship. Yes. 
Um, does he does he have his own money and you have your own money? Yes. Okay, so you don't really have to check with each other on purchases. No. As long as your bills get covered. Uh, uh-huh. My wife and I, my wife and I share an account, and if I were to buy a house sight unseen to my wife mm-hmm. several states away without any of her input at all. She wouldn't be your wife anymore. Wouldn't be my wife anymore. <laughs> and if I were yeah. the father, well, I am the father of two children. <laughs> if I if I were to have moved my family from Chicago to Maine to move into a home that is literally seven inches from a major highway uh, without thinking about the what, what could happen? Yeah. What could happen with my young infantile child my young toddler uh mere mere centimeters away from an extremely busy highway um yeah uh lewis creed's an idiot top to bottom he is uh i i would be willing to bet that lewis creed was probably near the bottom of his class but yet you still graduate a doctor so that's really Mm -hmm. all that matters uh, so they move out to Maine and they move into a house and she loves it, thankfully, because she's pretty frigid the entire rest of the movie. Uh, she loves the house um, and they meet their neighbor across the street, Judd, um, who is really just there to live across the street. He's old yep. and retired. He's without any family. And he also lives uh, two and a half feet away from this <laughs> super busy highway. Um, and very early on in the movie, uh, as Ellie is on the tire swing, um, that snaps and gives her dad an opportunity to be a doctor. She sees the pathway out of the yard into the woods. That's very, actually well, very well manicured. Yeah, it Um, is. You know, there's no, there's no, (laughs) that's the one thing that's a little heavy handed in this movie. They are not trying to hide where the pet cemetery is located. No. Um, and so she wants to go see it. She falls out of a tree. I don't know how they got that tree, that, that tire swing retied up. I know. Um, yeah. Cause it was like immediately after she yeah. fell, she's right <laughs> back on it. And, uh, and Judd agrees. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you down to the pet cemetery. And, uh, so he does, he takes them and they get back there and it's just, it's what a pet cemetery would be. Yeah. Uh, and it's been there a long time. Um, Judd's dog, Spot, is buried back there. Uh, and it's just this kind of concentric circle thing going on of mm-hmm. the old pets are buried in the middle and everybody spread their way out. Is Like, how many people... Okay. I get the impression that because Judd's dog, Spot, is buried in the cemetery and Judd still lives across the street. How many people have lived in the in the Creed's house? Yeah, because this cemetery was <laughs> like like Judd said, like it started for the animals that get hit by these semis yeah. that go almost a hundred miles an hour down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and there's like hundreds of yeah. <laughs> hundreds of pets. <laughs> right. It is a huge cemetery. Mm-hmm. Like, and he did mention though that not every animal buried in there was hit out on the highway because there's a fish buried yeah. there. Yeah, but still. You don't see any other houses nearby. This is no. a cemetery like down a path in someone's yard. There's no other way there. Which makes me think that that the Creed's new home has been moved in and out of annually. Yeah, yeah. Or they just people just buy pets after they die. Yeah. 
and then they get killed in it. Yeah. So it's like yeah. either somebody has owned 75 different animals <laughs> and then eventually said, we've had enough <laughs> and they Let's move. go somewhere else. Or, or like I said, this is a revolving door lemon of a home that everybody just keeps moving in and out yeah. of. Yeah. Not Probably Lewis. because their animals yeah, keep dying. Not Lewis. Lewis is nope. going to stick it out. Uh, so Lewis is at work, and we meet our first gory piece. We meet Vistor, Victor Pascal. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about Victor. He um, was a jogger, which you can tell in his very short shorts. I, I was going to say and... the same thing if you did. You can tell because he's got on those like nylon shorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was killed. I mean, there. yes, you could have... They operated on him for a little bit, but there was nothing saving him. Hit <laughs> no. by a truck. No, his brain. And he out. warned, yeah, he warned Lewis about the pet cemetery. Right, yeah, and and this is. I didn't not really. Un- get, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't really understand what he said. He, um, um what he spoke out um, about the pet cemetery. It was kind of really hard to understand, but what he said to Lewis. Judd says to Lewis later, word for word. Okay. So it was one of those like it didn't make it didn't make any sense when Lewis heard it from Victor, mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't. It, there was we weren't there yet. It was almost yeah very similar like last week when we talked about Stir of Echoes, uh, or no two weeks ago Stir of Echoes, um, where like where like Kevin Bacon's character was like not hallucinating but hallucin. He was hallucinating conversations that haven't been had yeah. yet. Yeah. Very similar to that. Like, Pascal sits up and he talks about, you know, like, like the, uh, the the soil or the whatever. But it just it didn't make any sense. Uh, probably because Lewis was freaking out that a dead body just yeah. sat up and spoke <laughs> to him. Um, and so, yeah, he does. He warns him. Uh he calls Lewis by his name. Yeah, you know, it's which like, really throws like him Like, they off. bring in a, like, near-death near dead jogger completely unresponsive and then he just sets up when no one else is looking um, yeah so then that night pascal comes back and he visits lewis at his house he's a ghost because he's dead um and lewis gets lewis out of bed and takes him down to the pet cemetery um but being in the pet cemetery wasn't a big deal but he warns him um don't cross the barrier. Of course, that yeah, doesn't make any sense to us, really. It's sour. Yeah. Don't cross the barrier. And, of course, as he's pointing at the barrier, which is really just this giant thicket of sticks, uh-huh. you know, um, it, it starts to glow. And uh, the, <laughs> the movie does a really, really good job of telling Lewis everything about something that they don't want him to do. Mm-hmm. Like, don't cross the barrier. The... Soil is sour. Later on, Judd's like, I'm going to tell you something, but I don't want you to do it. You know? Uh-huh. like, And I'm like, well, don't tell him. Because yeah. nobody is going to wander through. Because it wasn't a short path. No one's going to wander all the way there. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, Lewis wakes up. He doesn't think that it was real. Like, because he wakes up in bed and he's like, oh, it's just a dream. Kicks off the sheets and his feet are just caked in mud. Yeah. So he clearly Ugh. had been out of bed mm-hmm. down there. Uh, things are a little things are a little messy. Things are a little messy. Um, fast forward, no problems, whatever. We're assuming they moved in the summer. We don't really know, but it's Thanksgiving, and the family kind of splits up, right? Yes. Um, like mom and the kids are with 
her family. Yeah, they they go back and, in Chicago, and her family does not care for Lewis. Yeah, I don't really know why. Probably because he makes all these big decisions without asking well, her. Possibly, but it's like you, you like. Your wife. She married a doctor. Yeah, your like, your what? daughter. Your daughter married yeah. a doctor, and you have two grandchildren, you know, from this marriage, and they're still together. Yeah, they clearly. I mean, they do love each other, but man, dad just hates him, and I don't really know why. Oh well, it, it never comes back up other than just he hates him. Um, yeah. And what happens while uh, Rachel and the kids are with her parents? Church gets hit by a semi. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to give them this. It's Maine and it's Thanksgiving. So I'm assuming it's cold. But that cat was like Velcroed to yeah. the grass. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, if he, <laughs> like if he just got hit, it must have been a really hard frost. Mm-hmm. Because his body, I mean, granted, your, your body's going to be cold. But like his yeah. body was frozen, frozen to the grass, uh, which is just really, really, I don't know. It was like, wow, how long has he been laying there? <laughs> um, and with the speed of the semis that are driving by that house. How's there anything left? Church was in good shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was in really good shape. He just kind of, you kind of give that illusion, kind of like a, like he did, he made it off the road even. Yeah. He got clipped and drug himself into Judd's yard and died. Uh, Judd has an idea. Because he thinks Ellie is going to be devastated at the death of her cat. Um, Mm -hmm. So Judd has an idea. Yeah. Let's take the cat and go beyond the barrier. We'll go through the pet cemetery. Which, of course, Lewis is like, oh, that's fine. Well, you know, we're going to this pet cemetery. That's where you bury your animals. No, where we're going. <laughs> and uh, takes him up through the barrier. And, and it's like a seven-day yeah. walk. Like, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's like, I don't think the hobbits traveled as far trying to get the Mordor no. <laughs> as, as Judd and Lewis did to get to the uh, to the, to the ancient Micmac burial ground. Yeah. A pair of man's souls. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love, love Judd. Uh, my, wife asked, I, yeah. my wife asked me the other day, she goes, how much of the podcast are you going to do in his voice? I go, as much of it as I can. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> so they get up there, you know, and they're up there. And it's just like, again, we're at the top of this bluff, I guess. Yeah. Like, and and there's no grass to be found. It's just a bunch of, again, kind of like the concentric Rock. circle setup that the cemetery had, only not so. Um, and so we got the Micmac Barrow Ground, and, and uh, Lewis thinks Judd's going to help him. And Judd tells him, oh, no, up here you bury your own. And uh, <laughs> takes his pickaxe, and Judd takes, lights a cigarette, and spends six hours breaking into this <laughs> craggy, rocky soil yeah. to bury this cat. And then uh, he did tell him the story, though, um, about, no, he gets to that later. So, you know, Judd tells Lewis, you know, don't don't tell anybody about what we've done. Um just don't do it. And so the next day, Church has made his way back. Yeah, with glowing eyes. And he smells awful. He's mm-hmm. a little herky jerky. Like, just, he's clearly not himself. But again, we know yeah. he's, but he's also very mean. He's mm-hmm. a very mean cat now. I've had two great cats in my life growing up, and both of them are mean. 
Casey said that he had never seen this movie, but he said that growing up, they had a gray cat and it was mean and they called it Cheech. Cheech. And yeah, and I guess he said that it was, they shortened it after the cat oh. on Pet Cemetery because right. I guess that's, this is like his brother's favorite movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, church. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we had one named Andre and he was one of those that he would let you pet him. And then he would roll onto his back, and then he would donkey kick you with his <laughs> with his claws. And it's like you just got to the point where like just yeah. nobody pet Andre. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, why do we even have the cat? Like, whatever. Yeah. He doesn't like anyone. Um, but that's why we don't have cats now. Uh, so yeah. So Church comes back, and he's not the same. Uh, you know, Lewis makes a comment to Judd about it being Ellie's cat. And he's like, Oh no, it's your cat now. And uh, yeah. And so, and then Judd tells him how. Um, when he was a boy, it's like Judd, Judd is such an awful neighbor. He is. Like, let's go up here to the Micmac burial grounds and bury Ellie's dead cat. Instead of just telling her her cat's dead, uh-huh. let's go bury it so it comes back to life. But, uh, after you do that and you tell me how mean your cat is, I want to tell you a story about when I took my dog up there. And my dog came back, and he was also vicious. But I just, yeah. but hey, at least Ellie doesn't have to deal with grief. Uh huh. <laughs> like, what? like, oh, Judd. So, um, we come back, and the family's back, and it's after the holidays or whatever. And it's like you see what's coming. You know, they're out. Um, they're out in a the field. They're having a picnic. It's like spring. Like, you know, we fast forward yeah. several months. Like, yeah. church, church is a member of the family again. Like, Ellie doesn't, yeah. other than he stinks, Ellie doesn't stinks. suspect anything. You know, mm-hmm. they let him sleep in the room with her. And, like, you just fast forward several months and it's fine. So, they're having a picnic and flying kites out in their, like, their field next to them. Um, and if there was an Olympic event for toddler sprinting, Gage would be the world record holder. Yeah. Because while they are, well, well, we know his name is Gage. I'm not sure that Rachel knows what her son's name is. Because the entire movie, she just keeps calling him the baby. Yeah. Um, so. And it's like, no, he's walking. He's yeah, not a baby. No, anymore. not anymore. Uh, and so Gage kind of breaks away from the group as he's, because he was flying a kite and he dropped a string. So he's chasing the string. Before they realize what had happened, um. Gage is getting close to the highway and we cut away to a semi who the semi driver is listening to the Ramones, uh, who, um, have a song here, but they also sing the song over the end credits, uh, pet cemetery. So the Ramones Um, probably a band. You don't know who I'm talking about. Do you? No, that's all right. Not at all. Very influential. Uh, but that's well, whatever. So it's it's beyond it's beyond the classic age of yeah it's that's an oldies and so uh, you know he's jamming out to the Ramones kind of a punk punk rock group um, and he's just you know pedal to the metal like full speed ahead <laughs> yeah I mean and on this road honestly though like who wouldn't yeah and it's like anyone you know what I mean like it is just a straight flat yeah. paved ground right. so it's like. I remember being in high school oh, yeah. driving driving crazy on a bumpy road. Oh, like yeah. of course, anyone in I don't want to say their right mind, but anyone who's honest would speed down this road. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right, you're right. 
And just kind of jumped in my head. Why does the Creed's house not have a fence yet? Yeah. Yeah. Because Gage already almost got hit yeah. the first day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. That, yeah, because Judd come Judd across. That's how they that, met Yeah, Judd. that's when Judd saved him. Um, and so Lewis is sprinting after Gage. Gage is chasing out into the street. And as always is the case in a horror film, right before Lewis gets to Gage, he trips. Yeah. Uh, and Gage ends up in the middle of the road. The semi-driver doesn't see him too, until it's too late and just destroys this child. Yeah, worse than the cat, yeah. which is like... Like, clo- like just, closed casket funeral. Like, I was not expecting this. No. Again, like, I'm Stephen, thinking it's, it's about... It's Stephen King for The you. animals. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get him. And then when he doesn't, I was like, the semi will swerve. And then it was like, there's his bloody shoe going across the road. And I'm like, no! Yeah. They, no! Yeah. Smash this kid. Um... And so, no. so uh, Judd rightfully assumes that Lewis is already thinking about burying his kid in the McMack burial ground. Yeah, he's like, "Don't you don't want to do that?" No, no. <laughs> and Lewis is like, "No, no." And so Judd kind of now, um, you know, he's really regretting his decision to that telling Lewis about mm-hmm. the burial ground. Judd thinks that. And, I, and granted, I blame it on the semi, but Judd is starting to believe that Gage's death was caused by the spirits of the Micmac burial yeah. ground because it's their burial ground and Lewis was using it. So Judd tells the story to Lewis of, let me tell you what happens when you bury a human up there. Mm-hmm. And he tells him the story of a local named Bill who buried his son, Timmy, up there because he was killed in World War II. And they just shipped the... Now, they ship the body back, and I'm just, I'm assuming that he exhumed the grave to get the body. I don't think they ship the body back to the house. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but the kid Timmy, he came back as a zombie, uh, and yeah. just it was a, just a monster. You know, mm-hmm. everybody was freaked out, um, and so they uh, basically the townsfolk, including Judd, um, were so put off by Timmy that they like lit lit his house on fire. And yeah, the dad and died then, with him. Yeah, so killed both of, burned both of them. Judd Crandall, you are an awful I person. I know, he just can't keep his mouth shut. It's like he knows all, hey, I buried my dog up there and he was terrible. And I buried, we, yes. there was a human buried up there and I helped kill it. And it's like, but I think things will be different with you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so Judd is again like, do not put your kid in the Micmac burial ground. We cut, cut to the funeral scene. Most traumatic funeral scene oh I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Like the dad. Oh my goodness. Like, like, like Rachel's dad is there, and of course, obviously Lewis is very just despondent. Like he's just yes. so distanced and out there because of the grief that he's dealing with. The dad decides, hey, now's the time to get physical. He starts mm-hmm. a fight and knocks the kids like. Like not yeah, the casket falls the casket over. over. Oh, it was it was like this movie's heavy. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, it is very because it's like, listen, and like he was blaming him, and it's like you can't do anything about like freak accidents happen right. all the time, and you can't do anything yeah. about them. 
And yeah, it was like he then Lewis saw just like a flash of Gage's arm when the casket yeah. like, you know, kind of right. flapped open a little bit and then he went crazy and it was just like Yeah. It was wow, it was terrible. It was terrible. Like the worst it's just awful. Like you just hope that nothing like that ever happens at a funeral you attend. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless you don't care and you have popcorn, then you can sit back and yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Rachel and Ellie head back to Chicago again. They leave Lewis at home because obviously they're not getting along with the parents. I don't think bringing mm-hmm. Lewis back to your to his in laws no. is a good idea. I this part I didn't quite understand. They go back to just like we're going to type some loose ends in Chicago. Yeah. What was your two year old involved in? Yeah. That you needed to tie up some loose ends. Like, did he have business interests? Like, I don't understand. Well, we had to get him unenrolled from a pre-K. Like, Uh but it's a reason for them to be out. Um, You know, Lewis has snapped. I've, I've got to save my son. Yeah. So he's decided I'm going to dig up his body and go bury it in the Micmac burial ground. Pascal's ghost arrives again. Uh, Judd, try, you know, of course, had warned him. He doesn't care. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So Pascal is now like, really desperate. Mm-hmm. And he is now, like, visiting Ellie. Yeah, in her dreams. Yeah. And, like, Ellie is waking up, flipping out, right. because she's like, there's this ghost that says he's trying to help us and daddy's going to do something bad. He's, you know, he's out to do something. Um, but it's like, no one, no one's really taking her seriously. No, no. And mom does a little, like mom doesn't really, but like, cause cause Ellie mentions Pascal's name. Yes. And that's when she's like, Pascal, where have I heard that before? You know, as Pascal's standing like right here, uh-huh. still dripping blood. And he's like, yeah. you know, you could, he was, they did a really good job with his makeup effect. They did. He's creepy. They did. He was. And he was like gray enough to where you actually believe he was yeah. dead. Yeah. And um, so Rachel, when she realizes like, oh yeah, Pascal, like that's where I've heard it from. She calls Judd because, of course, no one's at home at her house. Yeah, because Lewis has um, taken that seven-day journey up yeah, to make my yeah. crown. And um, she decides to come back to Maine, and Judd's like, no, 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 don't come back. Like, he sits out, case of beer, smoking a cigarette, going to watch for Lewis. Yeah, because Judd knows what's going on. Yes. Granted, he can't tell Rachel what's going on because, again, Judd is 100% responsible for all of the aftermath. Yeah. Not, not the cause. It's not Judd's fault that Correct. Church and Gage died on the road. But it is 100% his fault of what Lewis is up to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Lewis gets the lightest casket ever yeah. out, of, oh, yeah. out of there, digs it up, takes what? him, yeah. and he <laughs> buries him. Yeah. In Maine, they, they, bury, they, uh, they bury you in balsa wood, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Very bi- Look like <laughs> Yeah, the very forward thing is biodegradable caskets. Yeah. And um, he goes back, passes out on the bed, because obviously he's done a lot of work. And that is where we see Gage reaching up from the burial ground. Yeah. Micmac's got to work on him. Like, yeah, he got back just as fast as Church he did. He was. And Church yeah. is a cat. He's got some speed, four paws, etc. Lewis, it took him forever to get back. Gage was like... 
following him home, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he gets in his dad's bag, steals a scalpel, and heads on over to play with Judd for a little bit. Yeah. And what'd you think? What'd you think of the uh, the slicing and dicing that that Gage did? The Achilles being cut hurt my Achilles. Yes, it did. Like, I remember that as a kid. Ooh. I and I've I probably mentioned it before. Ooh. I obviously love horror, and the gore and violence doesn't bother me. But the more realistic the violence, mm-hmm. the more it bothers yeah. me. Yeah, and, like, when you see someone cutting in, like, sometimes, you know, it makes me, like, oof, I can kind of feel that. But it's, like, my toes were folding up at this point as I'm laying in bed watching this because I'm, like, oh, the Achilles, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, like, anytime they show somebody, like, um, where they're going to take blood in a movie and they Mm -hmm. show the needle, like, I have to turn away. I'm okay with needles, but just, like, that's that's a pain I can associate with. Yeah. And and there you go. Uh, But, like, People getting her arm chopped off, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. What I don't that know feels what that feels like. like so <laughs> but this Achilles, like, I can imagine what this feels like. And then yeah. for Judd to turn around and get that same scalpel, just and, give him, uh, give him the old. Yes, yeah, oh. and it's like if you've ever had dry lips or yep. something. Right here is the most sensitive. It's uh-huh. like, man, gaugement for where it really hurts. Or you got a small mouth and you try to just take a Pringle in all at once. Yeah, that's where it's getting you right there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was poor Judd. So yeah, Judd is a goner. Like he like like he like after Gage does that and Judd falls to his back, Gage just like rips his throat has, out. Yeah, just, has a snack with yeah, his throat. He just, like, ah it goes into goes into <laughs> snacking. Uh Rachel took uh, apparently a direct flight from Chicago airport to the Creed's backyard. Uh because mm-hmm. she is there immediately. Like immediately. Like, like let's not lose fact of Lewis is warned by Pascal, don't do it. He then goes and digs his son's body up. Meanwhile, the same night, um, this I'm not kidding, the same night Pascal visits Ellie to be like, hey, your dad's up to no good. Rachel then, <laughs> Rachel then from Chicago, somehow gets to Maine in the same night. Yeah, and because, she has like because Gage, a flat tire, yeah, everything. Yeah, because yeah, did she drive? Did she drive back? Yeah, she drove back. Well, she no, got she, that rental car because remember Pascal's like right. when she had gotten back to Maine. Right. Pascal's like, ask for this car. Yeah, She's but, like, but she you did. Have this? She she got a ticket to a every hour on the hour flight. She mm-hmm. flies back to Maine, gets a rental car, drives, gets a flat tire. Uh, then gets hitches a ride in a semi that luckily was going right by her home yeah. because every semi in Maine drives by the Creed's yeah. house. Um, but we're talking like in the same night. Yeah. Because hours. Yeah. Just hours. Hours. Because he was just sleeping. Like in in the midst of I'm going to dig up my son's body to I'm taking a nap now. Yeah. Rachel gets from Chicago to Maine. No. And she Chicago hears, to home. Yeah. Not just Maine, right? Home, and she hears this like uh, her sister's voice oh. because her sister, who is creepy, yeah. That um, last week when I kind of shuddered at the end because I'd forgot yeah. it was Zelda that I forgot. She, yeah, and we just like uh-huh. totally skipped over her. Like that's okay. Rachel has trauma from her sister. Like whatever is wrong with her sister, she's like. 
a clinically insane person they yeah. talked about. And yeah. Rachel had to like take care of it and she died on Rachel's watch mm-hmm. when her parents let her just Yeah. We're gonna oh, we're gonna yes. go out for a few hours for yeah. hours, Rachel. You take care of Zelda. Uh Zelda was my nightmare growing up. She was um she is very creepy. Yeah. Is that just not the way the most that they dist- like I'm yes. glad we didn't talk about it last week because I, I even said to my wife, I'm like, because we watched it, of course, the other day. I'm like, I wonder how Courtney's going to handle Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the way that she is when Rachel goes into Judd's house because she hears Zelda's voice and she goes upstairs and Zelda's like, I'm going to twist your back like mine. And, and they're in the wide and angle like, lens and she comes oh, running at the camera. Yeah. Yes. Like the hair on the back of my neck standing up right now. Like it, I mm. couldn't watch it. I, I haven't been able to watch it. Uh, since I was a kid, like she robbed me of nights of sleep. Yeah, she is one hundred percent creepy. Yeah, just disgusting played, looking. Played by a guy. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but Zelda, yeah. Zelda was just totally disgusting the, looking. The 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 visual like spine. Mm-hmm. The just the emaciated skin. The, yes, the, everything the, is sunken. The sounds when she's eating, just yeah. smacking that food, and then again, just the twisting and turning, and oh, it was it was disturbing. Too, <laughs> and and, com- and the best part is completely useless part of the movie. Yeah, just yeah. this is the power of Stephen King. Of I'm going because he wrote the screenplay for this movie too. Uh, so he said, I'm going to write a novel and I'm going to put a character in here that does nothing to advance any part of the story whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make it the most terrifying thing ever. And Zelda is right up there with the scariest things I've ever seen. Uh, so yeah, Rachel is, yeah, she's lured back over to Judd's by Zelda's Mm -hmm. voice. Um, but what she's actually seeing is Gage. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's in shock. Like she's like, oh my goodness. Like. My son. And so she goes down to hug him and we don't see it on screen, but no. we assume, you know, we assume that he gets her with the scalpel as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He killed her. Like, yeah, he, yes. she, she's dead. Yes. She's a goner. Um, and um, so it heads back across the street to Lewis and he wakes up from his power nap. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy, and he missed some like, stuff. <laughs> yeah, he did. This was, yeah, he got some deep sleep because he looks down, Gage's muddy footprints are in the house. Yep. He gets a call from Gage yep. saying, come play with me, daddy. I've been playing with dad or with mommy and Mr. Judd. Like, come play with me. Now I want to play with you. Yeah. And he's like, oh crap. Like what? (laughs) So he decides he's going to, he's going to get himself prepared. Uh, and, uh, take some, like, I'm assuming it was morphine. It was something. Just basically he's going to knock him out. Like, cause he knows, Mm -hmm. he knows. Yeah. This is one thing Lewis does have an advantage of is, um, because of church, he knows what the Micmac burial mm-hmm. ground does to a person, but yes. yet did it anyway. Um, so yeah. Lewis is prepared. He said, I'm going, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so he gets over there. He encounters church first. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, he injects yeah, him and gone. Church is dead. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, Gage is basically like taunting him. Yeah, he is like, "Daddy, come yeah. find me!" And so the little Lewis, giggles. Lewis walks right into his trap as 
Rachel's body falls from the attic. Mm-hmm. Like, because Gage hung her. Yeah. I mean, he killed her and then hung yeah. her body up. And then uh, I'm assuming there was a tripwire or something that Lewis tripped on. This is yeah. this is par for the course of the horror films. Like, <laughs> a body is going to show up out of nowhere yeah. exactly when you need it to. Uh, but that's what happens here. Lewis realizes, of course, he didn't even know Rachel was back. No. Let alone Rachel's back and now dead. Yeah. So now, and yeah, Lewis. Gage jumps from this, the attic yeah. where Rachel's at and goes after Lewis with this scalpel now. Yeah. Hacking him up. But again, it's just flesh wounds at this point. Yes. Even though we know Gage knows what to do, but I'm assuming he doled that, uh, he probably doled uh, that, that scalpel yeah. as he cut through the Achilles and then whatever he did to his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lewis realizing that he's, in a wrestling match with a two-year-old, uh, <laughs> quickly wins yeah. because yes. he's wrestling a two-year-old, um, and he he hits uh, Gage with the morphine, uh, and really felt bad for this kid. Uh, this actor, no. Miko Hughes, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger, another movie you haven't seen. Uh, he was on. He was a recurring character on Full House, a TV show you probably haven't seen much of. No. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, Miko Hughes has been around quite a bit, um, and so, but he did a really good job of like of that like stumbling away and then yes. falling and hitting his head on because like, that's not fair, Daddy. Right. It's not fair. And, uh, it was oh. just uh, he was he's an adorable kid. Even though he's evil, I'm like it's not fair, buddy. I'll take a chance on you. <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, I'd give him some love. So then uh, you know, he's like, "Well, I'm he lights Judd's house on fire because you figure, well, this is it's done." Like Yeah. But again, Lewis is still snapped. Because uh, we see the house catch on fire, and what is Lewis carrying out of the house? Rachel's body. And where does he go? To the McMack Burial Ground. Straight to the McMack Burial Ground. In his mind, she just died, so it might work. Yeah, better. that's right. She's fresh. Like, he waited. Yeah. He waited for right. Gage, and here's Pascal standing like, yep. don't make it worse. Don't do this. Yep. And nope. He's like, no, it's going to work this time. Yep. Walks right yeah, through Pascal. Just, and uh, it's, <sighs> it's fine. It'll work. And then Lewis comes back. And he's just waiting. He's yeah. just waiting for Rachel to show up. Sitting in the kitchen floor, yep. shuffling some cards. He's just waiting. And Rachel comes through. And oh, the exquisite makeup effects on Rachel. Yeah. She comes the through. The way the pus is yeah, like shooting just, out of her oh, eye. Oh, I'm so glad you saw that. I don't oh. know how many times I saw this as a kid and never picked yeah. up on that. But you're absolutely mm. right. She comes out. The and way she, he kisses her. Yes. And you know, we just saw that like <laughs> amber colored pus leaving yeah. her eye socket. And then he just smashes his lips against yeah. it. Yeah. And it's not even like a drip. No, like This is like spewing out of her face yeah. and he's just like full on making out with her and I'm just like <laughs> gagging no no mm, and uh no. and we see Rachel pick up a knife from the counter we hear Lewis scream and that's really the one thing I'll give this movie credit for is with the exception of the violence against Judd from Gage we yeah. saw nothing on screen Mm-mm. it was all left to your imagination uh, and we assume Rachel took the knife to Lewis. Lewis is now dead. Um, and uh, that's it. That's it for Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I was wondering, because I knew Zelda, at least to me, was a huge, horrific part. Um, yeah. But again, her story, the same thing. Um, 
like I have a really hard time in movies watching people hang. And when mm-hmm. uh, when Missy the like the the helper like she's kind yeah. of a housekeeper kind of thing, um, she hung herself early in the movie. She was just so just so just so depressed. Yes, uh, that is like oh man, I just watching the feet twitch just gets me. Um, yeah, but that's Pet Cemetery. I'm glad Zelda showed up in our conversation because yeah, she was oh, yeah. she's just nasty, mm-hmm. hard to nasty. watch. Her skin's kind of brown. Like yeah, no, maybe she's clearly Caucasian, but just it's like like aged paper. Like yeah, and like her hair is like just so thin. Yeah. They, and did a, they did a great job. Brittle looking. Yeah, she great job. Great job. Ugh. Uh, and so that is Pet Cemetery. I'm glad you liked it. Matter of fact, I did. I'm curious what kind of grade you're going to give this movie. It is getting a solid A from me because I just. Uh, I wish I could say just because Gage is so cute. <laughs> you can <but> say that. <laughs> um, because one, like, again, like, it was nothing that I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and then it had the just the, the perfect amount of, like, gore with that. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, like, leaving to your imagination. The storyline was good. I really liked this. And I think it was real. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like to think, but... <laughs> it just showing yeah we know lewis, i don't like to think <laughs> lewis like going off the deep end after his kid was brutally killed right. like that sometimes is i don't know like that is probably how some a lot of parents would act like they right. would do anything to get their kid back it was like a it was like a we you could rationalize his response yeah. to trauma yes um, yes you know like and really how many of us you know Obviously, we're not in that. How many of us would do the same thing if we know there was a resuscitation burial ground a, yeah, co- a couple I mean, miles away? Like how many? I, I, how many of, of us? How many of us would do, would try it? I don't know, but um, but yeah, there, clearly the message here is the the difficulty of letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when Stephen King took that something that all of us will experience at some point in our lives of losing something important to us. Losing yeah. someone important to us and how we deal with that grief. And then he twist, he turned it on its head and was like, what if you didn't have to say goodbye? Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that what you're getting back may not be worth, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. A I really me. liked it. Uh, I'm going to give it an A as well. Um, this is a movie I watched a lot as a kid. I closed my eyes through Zelda scenes all the time. I already was uncomfortable when my wife and I watched it earlier this week, knowing she was coming. Um, I'm, I'm like looking away as, as <laughs> I could hear her. Her voice didn't bother as much as her visuals. Uh, yeah. But I yeah. just, there's so much in this movie. I appreciate, I appreciate that it's not a violent movie, but, mm-hmm. it, but there, but yet there is gore. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the attention to the gore. Like Pascal was gross looking. Zelda was yes. gross looking. Rachel after death was gross looking. Ugh. The Achilles and mouth cuts were gross. Mm. Like, um, but not like make you vomit, but just like yeah. like effective. Um, and so kudos there. Uh, directed by a woman too. Not that that makes any difference because I think women in film get under uh, underutilized. Yeah. But uh, she directed this. She also directed the sequel, Pet Cemetery Two. Um, kind of rolling through here, but yeah, she's directed some other things I've seen but nothing of that like you probably would hurt hear of so um, yeah, probably not but uh but no it's uh 
you know, Mary Lambert is the director's name. She did a good job. She directed a lot of music videos too. Um, but no, I, I think the, the attention to emotion is something that gets lost a lot, mm -hmm. uh, with, with certain filmmakers. And I think she did a great job of capturing that trauma and emotion. What type of educational lesson do you have? This one is just going to be plain and simple. Like parents, please pay attention to your children. Yeah. Um, like I get you're letting a two year old, like go out and fly a kite, but there was no reason for him to be that far away from them in the beginning. Right. And when you live on a, I mean, and this can go for teachers too. Like, there's no reason that, like, when we take our kids outside, like, I'm constantly counting my kids, making sure they're being safe. Like, just keeping them away from the road. Just right. pay attention to, yeah. especially the littles. Like, pay attention to them because they don't have that right from wrong safety in their brains oh, yet. Oh, yeah, of course not. No, they just, they're one-track mind. Very well stated. I'm going to take a uh, often-used quotation of, it's just kind of a witticism of Albert Einstein and that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I'm going to use that in the educational method of, um, you know, and obviously in the, in the, in the universe of this movie, um, the amount of pets that have been killed on the, on the highway, yet there's no fences. Um, yeah. you know, that you saw what happened with church and with gauge and yet you buried your wife. Like, you know, like, this whole uh, trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome um, is just ridiculous. And so for students out there, keep that in mind. If you try an experiment and it doesn't work, it's because something needs to change. Trying it again isn't going to work. Um, how many times have we all um, typed in a password and it didn't work? So then we type in the password again and it still doesn't work. And then... We go yeah. ahead and try it a third time. Yeah, it's like, maybe I typed it wrong the first two <laughs> right. times. Let me make sure. No. And so, um, but yeah, that, that happens to all of us. And are we all insane? Of course not. But if there is a reoccurring, uh, if there's a reoccurring activity going on, a reoccurring thing that you are experiencing and you don't like the outcome, eh, maybe try something else. Yeah. Try something different. So, well put. Well put. All right. Pet Cemetery is in the books. My time for my favorite part of the show. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Let's uh, shuffle it. Shuffle it. All right, I'm I pulling it up. I had right. a brain fart for a minute. Right. I was like, "What's the up, word?" Pulling it up right now. Let's see. Um, I'm curious. It's been. It, I feel like it's been a little bit since we shuffled. All it right. has because we've had we had Megan, movies. and then. And then Stir of Echoes. Yeah, which which wasn't really shuffle, but I saw it and was like, hey, let's watch yeah. that. Um, and then The Haunting of Hannah Grace. Right. And yeah, so it, it's been, it feels like it's been about a month since we shuffled. Yeah. Uh, so let me pull it up. Here we go. Library, movies, title, notes go by genre, uh, genre, and horror. And I got 921 titles here. Shuffle takes us to... Ooh. We're going to watch an <laughs> uber classic. Uh, we are going to watch next week 1980s Prom Night. 
Okay. It has been, with prom coming up. It is. Yep. Prom coming up. It has been remade somewhat recently. <gasps> Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis again. Yes. Um, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis and prom night. This was still high. Of course, she, this is two years after uh, Halloween. Uh, where Jamie Lee Curtis was very entrenched in her uh, scream queen uh, persona. Early in her career, she spent a lot of time making horror films. Um, and this is one of her earlier ones. Uh, if we roll back through, let me go all the way down to see her. Uh, uh, she debuted in 1977, but really... She was on a bunch of TV shows or something. And then she was on Halloween in 78, The Fog in 1980, which was a, uh, like, night, like let's put it this way. The Fog in 1980 was a horror film. Prom Night in 1980 was a horror film. Terror Train in 1980 was a horror film. Road Games in 1981 was a horror film. Halloween 2 in 1981 was a horror film. Uh, Halloween 3, uh, she had a voice in it in 1982 was a horror film. Really, she didn't hit any mainstream non she was in other things, but every but yeah. she didn't hit any mainstream non horror movies until nineteen eighty three. So pretty much she she lived in the horror genre for like five years and cranked out good ones. Like Halloween was John Carpenter, The Fog was John Carpenter, Prom Night was a big predecessor for a lot of slasher films today, especially like Scream. Um Terror Train uh, was directed by okay, that's was thinking the wrong name, but it it's it's not very good, but it was fun, but it gets just a slasher. Road Games was an Australian like hitchhiker film um, that uh, had a pretty good following. It's just it, it's just really good. Um, but then of course she's been in other things as well. She really worked hard to get out of the horror genre, then find herself back in. You know, with uh, Halloween films later in her career, and still lives in those in there a little bit. But um, but no, Jamie Lee Curtis, and she said it herself. She wouldn't she wouldn't have her career if it wasn't for the horror films. Um, yeah. And uh, but she is. I I'm a big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis. And this is another Jamie Lee Curtis film. I'm not gonna say much about it. I've seen this movie a handful of times. Um, it's it's fun, but it's it's very 1980. <laughs> Like there's still some disco and, but it is uh, it's about a a killer that's calling people, kind of kind of like Black Christmas like in a way. Okay. You know, um, but it's it's good. I like I like it. So 1980 prom night, um, yay! I like it when a, I'm like it when a good shuffle comes up. Yeah. So. I mean, we really haven't. We really haven't had a bad one yet. No, no, we, we really haven't. But it's like... Um, I was I was thinking like one that wasn't very good would come up before now, but... Oh, I'm it. sure we'll get there. But keep in <laughs> mind, keep in mind, we are shuffling out of my like yeah. uh, self-curated horror collection. Yeah. So we're not going to come across like Children of the Corn 5 <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, so next week we will be covering Prom Night starring Jamie Lee Curtis and a non-funny Leslie Nielsen. I know you don't know who that is, um, but Leslie Nielsen was in the Naked Gun movies in the 90s and, uh, and late 80s and 90s. Um, very funny guy, uh, but he's not a funny guy in this one. So, Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen and Prom Night. Uh, when it comes to social media, you know where to find us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell people. That's our challenge to you this week. If you made it this far on the show, 
tell somebody. All right. I'm to the point where I like, I might even just be like, Hey, could everybody just share this post? Just share it, you know, just to get the word out there, whether you listen or not, do us a favor and just share it. Um, just to see if we could drum up some more listeners, uh, and viewers because our numbers aren't terrible. Um, Look we did get a new follower this week we did. on Spotify. We did. Uh, but like uh, Possession of Hannah Grace had 13 views on YouTube. That's not bad. Megan had 27. Um, Creep 2 had 15. Krampus had 15. But but there, for every one of those, there's uh, Drag Me to Hell with 3. It Follows with 3. I'll Take Your Dead, 4. Skin Marinka Malignant, 4. Um, you know, we've got... Don't open till Christmas with two, which is fine because honestly, I wouldn't want to watch that one again anyway. Uh, but we have the craft with eighteen, so it seems like whenever we cross over, we've had two yeah. guests, and our two guests yeah. uh, brought us. Yeah, our first episode had twenty-five, and our second episode had twenty, um, and then it, it again it kind of slowed down from there. But that's okay. Uh, we're still we're still young. We're still young. We still enjoy it. We, so. Oh yeah, that's I don't do it for the numbers. I do it because it's fun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll be watching prom night for next week. So yeah, I've got a, we've got a horror film and the other one is in my other podcast as well. Ooh. We got a, our first guest. We're like 72 episodes in and we have our first yeah. guest. So we're ahead of the curve on that one. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything you want to send us out with? Nope. Have a wonderful week. Yeah. Same. Everybody have a good, have a good, enjoyable week. Uh, enjoy the early March weather and we'll see you next week with prom night. <laughs>